Welcome to a special episode of Comfortable Place on the Couch, a short-run podcast exploring every Midnight Oil album in the year of their Great Circle Tour. My name is Darren Folds, and in the upcoming months, I'll be spinning every Midnight Oil studio album from my comfortable couch, as well as taking a listen to some of their EPs, live recordings, and video releases. Joining me each episode, and especially this special episode very special is my longtime friend and fellow midnight oil enthusiast mr robin harbren how are you tonight (laughs) i'm doing well i am nearly recovered from our weekend in toronto tell them what this special episode is about well this special episode darren and i journeyed all the way all the way from thunder bay ontario to toronto ontario canada by airplane Almost two-hour flight. How many kilometers is it? As the crow flies? I don't know. A thousand. That's what Google Maps is for. That's what Google Maps tells us. Okay, 900, 1,000 kilometers. 14-something to drive. 1,400 kilometers to drive, Oh, right? yeah. It's like... That's the, why we didn't drive. It's, because, yeah. And it's uh, like 90 kilometers an hour through moose, deer, and small towns. And as our friend Michael from New York, New York asked so you can't drive through the lake nope nope (laughs) can't it's too deep that's the reason (laughs) it's too deep uh and once we got to toronto we walked we did we put on a good twenty-one thousand steps before we even got in line and robin was wearing his summer work construction boots my steel-toed boots that i wear everywhere 22 kilometers in. Yeah. um, So, yeah, walking around uh, was a lot of fun, but boy. So I set a new step record. Yeah, you'd put more steps on than me. But anyway, I hit a total of like 23 or 24,000 steps that day. My previous record was 19,000 ever in four and a half years. Oh, wow. And that was when I was in Toronto. I hit 19,500 or something. I don't think anybody wants to hear about our step counts. Sure they do. (laughs) And the whole weekend, 39,000 steps. Oh, wow. Because I walked a lot on the Sunday too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You Because Robin stayed all day Sunday. Yeah. Not that we care about any of this, but boy, were my feet sore. Oh, yeah. After we walked 21,000 steps, we got in line at 3.30 p.m. at the venue. Yep. The Danforth Music Hall on the Danforth. Yeah, which was about, what, five kilometers from the airport? Like, we walked up there. Yeah, I don't know how many kilometers from the airport we but we definitely walked more than five kilometers. Yeah, we did. We kind of went roundabout. I would would say that, yeah. It was three kilometers from the hotel to the the gig. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And it would have been two kilometers from... Uh, the airport At least shuttle from Union Station. From yeah. Union yeah, Station, so, yeah, about five or so. Yeah, it would have been five had we walked the most efficient route, but we did not through the lake. Yes, through the. <laughs> Can you? Yeah. Well, because the airport in Toronto is on an island, and you would technically have to walk through the lake. Yeah, we walked there. Well, we walked under we the did. lake. That's right, because of a that tunnel. new tunnel. Okay, Okay, that's a lot of talk. Uh, We used up 10 of our minutes uh, introducing things. So, yeah, we showed up for the concert. We met tons of nice folks in the line. Yeah, from 3.30 p.m. until 7. Doors open at 7. That's right, and hung out. 
Uh, special hello to Melissa from Buffalo. Yeah. We hung out with her a lot. From For Fabio, who was right in front of us, from yeah. who's now in Toronto area. Yes. And First guy I met was across the street at the Shoppers Drug Mart. He was wearing a Breathe t-shirt, Terry. Terry, right. And everywhere, Chris. Everywhere, Chris. From uh, Queen's University Town. Belleville. Belleville. Not yeah. Queen's University Town at all. That would be Kingston. He's from Belleville. Yeah, he's from Belleville. I hope you want everyone to know where you lived, Chris. Sorry, Chris, from Belleville. Contact me personally for his phone number and postal address. <laughs> and then at seven, doors opened. We were in the first Oh, and lots, 30... of, other, lots of other folks, too. Like we mentioned Michael, and there was yeah. John, and then there was uh, the other, I think it was... Uh, was another Chris and another Terry behind us? Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of folks. Yeah. So we got to be in the special first 30 people in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And then this huge security dude uh, was making sure that nobody stood in front of the restaurant, which was the Danforth Music Hall's neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then the line continued on the other side of the restaurant. Yes. So all afternoon, people kept lining up right behind us. We were at the end of the first... 30 people or so. We were like the penultimate group in the line. Yeah. Unfortunately, the first we section, didn't have to tell we people. Were, we were like one line segment. Oh, I had to tell people. But people, all kinds of people would argue. And I, I just said, there are hundreds of people over there. Why do you think they're lined up there? And and I think his name is Balaji, the guy who's organizing oh, the Did you uh, meet Balaji? I didn't. I never, I didn't clue in at the time. It's like, oh, as soon as like, I went back to the hotel, I was like, Oh, yeah, that was him. And he was like at the front of the second line. He had his Blue Sky Mining. I don't know if it was a songbook. What would you have with you? But the guy who's organizing yeah, yeah. the, or, the yeah. cover tribute um, Yeah, project. too bad we didn't get to meet him then. Oh, yeah, lots of folks that we should have met that we didn't. Yeah. And then they let us in at 7. We rushed to the rail. Yep. Up at the front. And Fantastic spot. Yeah, I ended up exactly in front of Bones base amp yep like it was like it was I, I was, in front I was of you. the one and i was in the space between bones's monitor and martin's monitor yeah so we had the best view of bones martin and peter and, when he'd come over and to, peter would come yeah. visit us every once in a while yep yeah and uh martin and jack were the jack was the furthest away from us yeah um, you mean jim and martin or jim and jack were the farthest away from us yeah, but definitely Jack, right? Because yeah, he Jack was, was Jack was in, the, in back. the back. They stuck up in the back corner. The sixth member yep. always gets that kind of... Might as well mention it now. Listening to the videos from previous shows. Yeah. Thinking, oh, it's really cool that Jack's there playing all the horns and stuff oh, yeah. like that. They didn't sound great in some of the recordings, but live sounded really nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah really he did excellent nice. work. And then uh, he was lending, his, uh, like... In on the vocals. I guess we've yeah. already jumped into the concert. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah. Oh, after we stood there from seven, we stood there from seven till eight. Yep. And then boy toilet. Let's, let's mention almost, boy toy. It almost sounded like you said boy toilet. Boy toilet. <laughs> boy toy came on. Boy toy came on. Later, uh, Peter Garrett uh, said thanks to the boy toys for going on. <laughs> right? Did he? That I was kind of like did. an old man moment for yeah, him, eh? I like think so. That was pretty good. Boy toy was not unenjoyable at all yeah 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 it was i did not not enjoy them enjoy them yeah 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 no they're fine and yeah they, they they 
they totally knew their place. They said, you know, we're here to get you all excited and ready to hear Midnight Oil and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they played their five or six songs. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it more like seven or eight or something? I, I don't was, know. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Well, maybe um, it was. I wasn't counting. Yeah. So they, they did good there. Um, They're not on the tour anymore. That was their last date. Yeah. It's, all my exes are in Texas or whatever, from Texas. There's touring now. But Boy Toy was good. They yeah. had kind of like that 90s angry girl band yeah, thing so going on. That's right. So they were kind of uh, a little bit of punk. Yeah. Uh, like they, they were kind of like classic rock. Yeah. With a bit of that psychedelic totally. 70s yep. thing and yep. a little bit of a, a, a punky kind yep. of attitude too. Yeah. For sure, they yeah. reminded. We were talking. Reminded me of like Breeders or Veruca Salt or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. The drummer was good. Yeah. Interestingly, they had the two guitar attack. Yes. The bass, who I thought would be the bassist, uh, only played bass on the very last song, and she her right hand technique was wanting on the bass. <laughs> so I I wouldn't say she's primarily a guitarist, who. Um, Got stuck on the bass for one song. So the Blade Runner soundtrack starts playing at three minutes to nine or whatever mm. time Midnight Oil was about to come on. The stage lights went down. Yeah. Oh, Boy Toy comes out on the stage to begin their set. Yes. They're playing through their first song. Oh, there goes Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there goes Martin. Hi, Martin. Hi, Martin. <laughs> he looked at me. Yeah. Oh, he looked at me. He smiled. So Midnight Oil, walking from behind the curtain along the side of the stage into the wings. Yeah, that was uh, amusing. I guess that's the only way into the green room. The green room or, or whatever you want to call it. they're just sitting off the side of the stage. Yeah, I don't imagine they came they in the back door. I guess that's yeah. the only way from the back door. Yeah, and the way the venue was set up, there was no way that... Unless we were in the back alley, which you couldn't access from the from the sidewalk yeah there's no way to meet i don't believe anybody got to meet the band yeah that's unfortunate we had hoped by showing up at uh three or whatever that we would get a chance to meet anybody yeah. oh and when we were in line we did hear the sound check yes we did and for a little while yeah i had two my hope was that this they would play the entirety of earth sun and moon right yeah. That was my hope. And I was down with that. And Feeding Frenzy was the song that we first that identified the first one, through yeah. the wall. Yeah. Um, and as it turned out, that did not happen, but we did get a few yeah. ESM songs. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about kind of the makeup of the concert then without like necessarily describing every song that we heard. We don't have to belabor it. Um, it was it was pretty ESM. BSM, D&D heavy. It was especially diesel and dust heavy. Yeah. Like the last third of the concert was basically here. They shot us Arctic World, Warakurna, Beds, Dead Heart, Snuck in Blue Sky, and then Dream World. Yeah. At the end there. And then... Uh, but up until that point, it was like diesel and dust free. Yes. But still almost all new songs yeah so when the set list uh got taped down to the ground yeah um i our our youngest friend tyler mm-hmm. who was there was able with his sharp eyes yes uh to read off uh the the beginning of the set list it was hard from the in the light and upside down mm-hmm. at a bad angle uh he could see that redneck would be the opening song and yep. that's really common yeah that's been common for them for 
a long time, right? To open oh, yeah, like with even Redneck. Like previous tours? Like yeah, or even like, like I'm, I'm sure they opened with Redneck. One of their, uh, hu- one of their reformations, okay. what, like the 2009 gig like or the, the Wave two, 8 or something Wave like that? Wave 8 or the Bushfire one or whatever. Okay. I'm sure they opened with Redneck at least one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Feeding Frenzy was the one we had heard through the wall. Yep. And he saw Capricornia, and then he saw uh, Both Worlds. Which was exciting. Best of Both Worlds. So I got the heads up that yeah. uh, that would be the song. So I decided I did not want to be uh, recording. I had my phone. Yep. I didn't want to record the whole show or nope. whatever. It really puts, well, you know, we've talked yeah, about it's this distracting. before. It's distracting. It's distracting perhaps for other people, but it's distracting for you too. Like yep. even pulling out the phone kind of takes you out of the moment. Yeah, and it, I was thinking the same thing. I just want to be here and enjoying it yeah. and into the concert. So for the sake, because I, Best of Both Worlds has been a rarity on the tour, as far as I know. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, that's a song I really like. Yeah. That's might be one of the older ones that they play. Yep. I'm going to record that one. Yep. So and I it, did. So we're going to put that in the show notes. Yes. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, uh, it turned out surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh, for like sound, sound wise, wise yeah. and everything. Yep. Yeah. And so Both Worlds was, they played two songs from Red Sails, Both Worlds and Kosciuszko. Right. And those were the two oldest songs that yeah. we got. So if there's anything to complain about for us, and there isn't. No. No. But if there is anything, it's that. Yeah, that is all we got. Red Sails, two Red Sails songs. Yeah. Nothing from 1098. Yeah. Postcard. Yeah. Bird, head injuries. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been great. You know, I wanted, I wanted, is it now? I was really hoping that my persistency would have gotten through. Yes, it did not. It didn't. So I'll just have to be a little bit more persistent for the next show that we hit to get that. And when it comes down to it, yeah, it would have been great to have those old songs, but I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, don't play Beds Are Burning in front of me ever again. I don't want to hear that. That <laughs> was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, it was it was a super high-energy show. Yeah. Um, I think that you could see, like, once the once they got into, like, the second or third song that the band was really having fun, they could tell that the crowd was totally into it. Yeah. Lots of energy. Yeah. It it was just it was a good show. Yeah. That that's right. Watching watching all these songs live with all that energy, which was sorely lacking the last time we saw Midnight Oil was in Winnipeg two thousand two. And we were sat in theater seats. Yep. Um and and I, I think this is where uh Peter Garrett was really thinking about quitting the band and yep. stuff, probably. Yeah. Uh and they just weren't all that thrilled to be there yeah. and the audience didn't help no i don't think i probably didn't help you didn't help i tried to do my best at the toronto show though oh yeah and i yeah. think i helped a little bit yeah i was i was because of where we were i was able to make eye contact with martin every once in a while yeah and i would point at him <laughs> yes yeah i think at least once you did get him to smile oh yeah yeah and uh Tried to make eye contact with Bones throughout. It yeah. never happened. He was being a goofball, though. Especially towards the end of the show. Yeah. He was just being like this lanky, goofy, <laughs> staggering around. Yeah. He was having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. He was having fun. Wandered down into the crowd. 
Yes. Yeah. He came down uh, to the side there. Yeah. And uh, was there for a bit at the end. Might have been Dream World. Yeah. Might have been Dream World. So experiencing Bones uh, bass amp like right in my face was interesting. Uh, I could tell that I was really getting um, the the brunt of it. Yeah. It was good. And you didn't have earplugs. No, I didn't have earplugs. You didn't have protection. And yeah, I. Both Rianne and I suffered some temporary hearing loss. Yeah, I bet you uh, did. We felt uh, much better the next day. Yeah. Uh, where perhaps we did, you know, I, time will tell. Yeah. But um, it was interesting how much attack he uses. He plays with a pick yeah. almost exclusively. Yeah. And his amp, uh, I couldn't get a super good look at it but i would assume that had its own tweeter high-end kind of thing okay and so i was getting a fair bit of pick attack yeah as well as the you know like the low end there was like a good attack and like a good what do you call it when on an amp when you you got you have your nice tone and then when you get to that certain stage it kind of breaks up a little bit yeah like it sounded to me like he was playing in that area where there was like a bit of that almost distortion-ish kind of sound coming through yeah and it's interesting uh how big of a uh arm motion he uses when playing with a pick Mm -hmm. he's not just um flipping his like he's not just moving his wrist he's got his whole arm into this motion yeah uh i I guess he can just do that all day my arm would be so tired i and (laughs) um but that's just kind of his that's his thing. Yeah. Uh, he did play finger style on a couple songs, uh, like on his acoustic bass. Yep. Uh, it was also it was interesting to watch him do his fills on like Ships of Freedom. Uh, the What's ba- that? Sheeps of Freedom. <laughs> I hope everybody's enjoying that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can almost guarantee that not everybody is yeah, enjoying it. We know at least one person isn't. Um, like a typical thing to do on bass is to slide up an octave, like when you're doing a fill, like yep. to, uh, as a turnaround kind of thing, slide up an octave and then doodle around up yep. in between the fifth and the octave up there. And it was interesting to watch how he did that, that uh, typically I try to get just sustain all the bass, but he does lots of, he does hit major, like he does kind of two sizes of attacks on the string with his right hand he's got the big ones but he's got these little things he does that seem you don't really hear the attack you just hear the sustained note Hmm. and it's pretty interesting and Hmm. i think it's really good technique uh i'm not sure i could do it Hmm. the way he does it so anyway it was yeah uh that was something new about bones's playing i hadn't noticed before um did did you observe anything about rob or well as you were mentioning that, I, nothing in particular that I want to mention about Rob, other than um, back in the day, he was known for that drummer's trick where you, uh, on the last song, just dump your cup of, of water on the snare to get that neat effect. <laughs> yeah. Boy Toy did that for their last song. <laughs> I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, she did. Okay. Yeah. So I guess Rob felt, well, if, if she's already done she's it. She's done it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's passed on the baton to yeah. yeah. The Boy Toy drummer... Uh, was quite good oh yeah and it was uh and the hi-hat was really notable oh, to me her hi-hat big, was heavy loose 
hats. Yeah, just, yeah. they just swinging all over. Yeah. They were going like forty-five degrees oh, kind yeah. of thing. It yeah. was, uh, yeah. So it it was uh, it was fun to fun yeah. to watch oh, her yeah, play. Sure. Yeah, yeah. They did really well. As much as I enjoyed standing in front of Martin the whole night. He was kind of obscuring my view of Rob, Rob from time to time. Yeah. Um, and I tried my best because, you know, the drummer's sitting way in the back. And so he doesn't get a lot of the love that the guys at the front of the stage get. Yeah. So I was trying to, you know, I'm paying attention to you too, Rob. You're doing a great job. You sure I did. I want you to know this kind yeah. of thing. Whenever I tried to get any video, it involved Darren's <laughs> fingers <laughs> rhythmically pointing or something yeah like you're you're telling rob where the beats were or Come something on, rob, like that just follow along with just me f- look this at me how we if, do it. if you're losing your way i got it <laughs> just look yeah yeah uh so something that happened about four times during the show were kind of these little band conferences yeah around the drum kit uh where uh, like, yeah, ba- basically everybody would gather around Rob mm-hmm. and he would start the song. Yep. And uh, it was almost, it was sometimes a surprisingly long lull to get a song started. I, I mean, probably yeah. it was like 10 seconds or yeah, something, maybe. but it felt, it felt, it like, felt the, like an eternity. Yeah, it felt yeah. like super long, but they started all those songs so well. Uh, one thing of note was the In the Valley yeah. was a really fast rock version of In the Valley. Yes. At like, the same time, like that was, was that, that was just going into the um, the cocktail kicked set. They kind of, they kind of bro- broke the, the, the gig yeah, down that, into four sections. There that was, was the, the intro, last, yeah. There was the, the second set and then there was the cocktail set. So In the Valley was just before they went into the cocktail set. Yeah. It was the the last one. That's right. Um, but like, I don't know if have they ever played a rock version of In the Valley like that yeah, before. I don't, I don't know. At the same time that it was a rocky version of it, you know, Pete was pretty subdued. He was sitting down for at least for part of it. He was he was sitting down, and I didn't like. I was just kind of I was taking it in in kind of a more reserved manner. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it was like um, they they didn't go ridiculously overboard with it, yeah. and it was still uh, it didn't it didn't ruin yeah it didn't no. ruin the because it is a you know a sad reverent song. Yeah. Um, it didn't take that away, but it was interesting oh, that yeah, yeah it yeah, was like sure. it's like oh this is a couple. Um, okay, before we go to I want to talk about a couple uh, neat mini moog moments, but. Um, when you're talking about the Rob conferences, Rob was sweating like a pig. Wasn't he ever? He was just going to town. Yeah. And it seemed like as soon as they were like six or seven songs in, every song he was toweling down after. Yeah. He was just working hard. Yeah, he was working really hard. Everyone was working hard, putting yeah. putting in a lot of effort to make a good show. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it really does take its toll on the drummer number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was almost feeling bad for him, and it seemed like he was almost having trouble, but I think everybody got a second wind. I don't know exactly where it was, but somewhere uh, maybe two-thirds of the way in, it did feel like we are starting to, 
we're starting to get a bit worn out yeah, here. Yeah. And then there was like a, a second win that, that yeah. saw him through. It's maybe you want to talk about this, but talk about Rob. Yeah. Um, and the, the, you know, the acoustic set in the yeah. middle, which yeah. was uh, what? Lurita way. Yeah. Lurita Sp- way, spirit of the age, spirit of the age, ships of freedom. What, what did you say? Sheeps of freedom? <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, and Kosciuszko. Yeah. I was almost thinking that they were doing those that acoustic set partly to give Rob a bit of a break and to make it easier for him to sing. He's mentioned yeah. before that he's finding it harder now yeah. uh, to sing and drum together. Is Rob asthmatic? I don't know. Because I was reading that somebody was asking, you know, can I bring my medication into a, a gig? Yeah, I saw that. And I figure if they let Michael bring his sausage into a gig... <laughs> You can probably bring your medicine into the gig. No, that was a joke. Yeah. But they're saying, yeah, Pete's got an EpiPen that he brings with him. And Rob brings, I think they said a puffer or an inhaler. So okay. I wonder if maybe he's kind of developed a little bit of asthma or something. Yeah. Not or that we it's... need to know. But hey, we... it, it might affect. What kind of chowder worker are you anyway? If you don't want to know what kind of breathing troubles Rob might have. <laughs> chowder worker. Chowder worker. Um. But I, I was, what was I? I was trying to say. Oh yeah. Uh, that the acoustic set was almost like to let Rob focus on his singing. Yeah. And to maybe take get a bit of a break physically. Yeah. But boy, he was putting his all man was into he? that poor cocktail kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was one song, and you know what? I was thinking this afternoon. I did not pay as close attention to everything that I wanted to pay attention to. But that's okay because I really enjoyed the show. But there was yeah. one song where he he at the cocktail kit where he really wasn't playing too much. And I yeah. don't remember what one that would have been. Okay. Um, but yeah, maybe he got a bit of a break there. But I think yeah. standing up and playing and singing is is still a pretty good workout. Oh yeah. Like your arms are still doing the same stuff. Yeah. Well, just try to sing like it. When I stand and sing and play acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. that's a substantial workout. Like doing mm-hmm. doing the two together. Yeah, for sure. Or for yeah. somebody of my shape um in the middle of that uh cocktail set was sheeps of freedom yeah yeah which is not a familiar song to a lot of folks right because it's a b-side it's just like it was released uh, we think on the back of what in the valley was Mm, it that we're or my anyway the the internet will tell people yeah it's it's an earth and sun and moon era song yeah so yeah, Ships and, of Freedom. We were both totally familiar with it. Like we both knew it and I was singing along with it. And when I was putting together my playlist today, I was like, oh, where's Ships of Freedom? I don't, I don't have it on disc anywhere. And you pointed out, I must've got it on one of the old powder workers mailing list cassette tapes that I we think, got back in the day. I think so. Oh, it's on the best of the B-sides. Oh, the best of the B-sides. Yeah. And I have that. Well, maybe I... Somehow got that onto my computer at one point. <laughs> I don't have it on it right now. Anyway, Sheeps of Freedom. So um, about halfway through that song, I realized, boy, this is really rare. Maybe I should video yes. this as well. So I did. So we'll also put a put link. But a... unfortunately, it's only the second half but still of the song. Half. But it's got uh, the instrumental. Yep. Jack playing the trumpet solo. Yeah. 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 Very good. 
Um, Want to talk just briefly about Jim and his mini move? Yeah, Jim had a lot of fun. So amusingly, before the show, we went to Steve's Music in downtown Toronto, which is, uh, you know, the, the biggest music store in toronto i think certainly yeah yeah at least the biggest kind of rock and roll type music store there may be bigger showrooms with pianos and stuff in it somewhere but there might be there might so uh that it was uh darren and myself but also my daughter rihanna who uh has been mentioned she's a uh music major going into third year university uh so we saw uh an actual mini moog um there at the show so we're quite thrilled to yeah. see one in per- that's the first time and rihanna is a yep. keyboard piano player yep. and jim was was playing around on it for a couple songs doing doing new stuff yeah doing crazy mad scientist kind of yeah. sounds having yep. a lot of fun yeah for sure looked like he was uh chain messing around with the parameters in real time yep. did some kind of crazy arpeggio like automatic arpeggio thing mm-hmm. at the end there. Yeah, it sounded really good. Uh, yeah, Rihanna and I had a couple looks at each other when he was making particularly crazy sounds, and she had a great big grin on her yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. Um, the beginning of Dead Heart, people picked up on the song right away. Almost too early. Exactly. <laughs> it seemed like too early. And the and if you take a look at one of the videos yeah. that uh, somebody from the other side of the crowd and a little bit further back made, you can kind of see... It's like, okay, the crowd is starting to set the pace here. Yeah. And it almost looks like they're saying, okay, Rob, yeah, take hold of this and let's get it to where we need it to be. Yes. Yeah. Meaning like the crowd start doing the do-do-do's. Yes. Uh, very early. And, and they're all as like. crowds tend to do, yeah. we speed up. And yeah. we end up, if you don't rein us in, we're going to get going too yeah. fast. Yeah. And the band did almost for a moment, that's right, start looking, uh-oh, you know, like. Yeah, this is getting out yeah. of control. But uh, Rob, as as drummers, good drummers, they are problem solvers, aren't they, Darren? Did you know that? Of course I did. Yes. Good drummers solve all kinds of mathematical problems instinctively. Robin this, this is, is real pointing his fingers at me as he's saying this, almost uh, admonishingly, good, like if good you were a good drummers. drummer. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I am uh, including Darren in this group uh, when I point my finger. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so Rob saved the day there mm-hmm. and uh, got the band on track with the big. Yeah, you could see him doing the calculations in his head. Yep. Of where he needed to start his fill to, to land. of calculations. Yes. Um, Pete had the cowbell out. He sure did. Right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was just fun. Just knocking away there. Now, yeah. we're expecting Jack to be doing that. And I think he did later on in the show. Yeah, he has his own cowbell. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk really quickly, before we wrap things up, about the number of songs from different albums. We had two songs from Red Sails. We had six from Diesel and Dust. Yeah. We had five from Blue Sky Mining. We had five or six, depending on how you count, Ships of Freedom, Sheeps of Freedom, from yeah. Earth and Sun and Moon. One from Redneck. One from The Real Thing, Spirit of the Age. And three from Capricornia. Yeah. I'm not complaining about their song selection at all. It was a great concert. Everything worked really well together. I enjoyed everything thoroughly. I'm not asking you to change a thing. And at the same time, (laughs) that's not a but. but. (laughs) I wonder, maybe it's just that they enjoy playing those songs more than some of the older ones because they are newer songs and they wrote them 
I, I don't know what the reasoning might be, but I was just wondering why not throw in one or two of like really old songs as opposed to like real thing or Capricornia type songs, because I don't imagine, even though they were touring in Canada, it was just the diehard fans that were going to see those. I would imagine like there, there wasn't like a lot of widespread oils in the mainstream much past yeah. Maybe even Earth, Sun, and Moon. Yeah, Earth, Sun, and Moon was definitely where there was a bit of a decline. Yeah. That's where it was either they were going to rise to new heights of popularity, but in fact, various, apparent, there were, there, apparently, they, there were various uh, record label type things that happened. Stuff happened. Business decisions. Stuff happened. Yeah. And they didn't get the radio play that they did. So I don't think that, some of the newer songs that they were choosing to play would have been any more familiar, familiar, familiar than some of the older songs that they could have chosen to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my, my theory mm-hmm. is that the curse of living in Canada, uh, yeah, is that beds are burning was a number one album here. It was actually the best selling yeah. album in all of Canada in 88. Yep. And I don't think any other, apart from Australia, obviously, but mm-hmm. like, for example, in the U.S., mm-hmm. it wasn't a they number one album. They didn't the heights that they reached in yeah. Canada. Yeah. So when they come to Canada, it's kind of like everybody, everybody here. Everybody knows them. So they got to play it. Just, yeah. And I think during like the last quarter of the show, when they were doing their Diesel and Dust set, that was the one time I turned around to look at the crowd and... It was nuts. Oh yeah, everyone. It was it was such a great crowd. Well, that's what recovered. I think the lull in the energy yeah. happened right before they went to the D and D songs. Yep. So, uh, even though I wish they had played other songs, what they really did was please the vast majority of the crowd there, including us. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, very... it wasn't like I was like, oh, the oh. stupid stuff. I'm going home or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it was. But I was great. into it and. The energy was the reward. Like even if yeah. it wasn't the the perfect song, yeah, uh, the experience, the experience of them playing yes. it with the whole crowd and yeah. everything, yeah, and everybody really Fantastic. into it. Yeah, yep. you could see the band responding uh, to the energy. Yep. So do we keep? Oh yeah, let's play. Keep let's it, play the game. Keep let's it. Play the game with. We can play the game for the concerts. For those who haven't listened to past episodes where we've mentioned this, we. Midnight Oil actually came here to Thunder Bay, Canada, yep. in 93. Played with the Tragically Hip. Played with the Tragically Hip and so on. So oh, that, oh, okay. So this is how we're going to do it? And, and uh, both Rob Baker and Gord Downey of the Tragically Hip were there yeah. at the show. Yeah, up in the balcony. Yeah, up in the I balcony. So we saw a photo of uh, Gord Downey is the lead singer of the Tragically Hip. The Tragically Hip are basically Canada's Midnight Oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, for any of our... Very much like a national treasure type Yeah, band. national treasure with very similar, uh, many similarities in terms of the band lineup, the style of music, uh, the subject matter yep. of their songs. Yep. So if any of our Australian listeners uh, are curious, check out the Tragically Hip. Mm-hmm. Um, Gord Downey, the lead singer, has been diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Yep. And so we're it's, it's Last sad. Last summer they played... They didn't say that it was their last concert with Gord. Yeah. But they didn't say that they were going to be playing anymore with Gord either. Yeah, that was that was basically it. Um, 
in some ways I was thinking we were going to hear that he was gone any day now. Yeah. Uh, and yet, uh, there he was at the show. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was yeah. good to hear that he was there. Yeah. Um, so talking yeah. about playing the game though. Yeah. Do you want to play the game with concerts? Yeah. So I, what I was just wanting to do is can we very quickly, sure. uh, they played here in Thunder Bay in 93. Yeah. We saw them in Minneapolis in 1998. I think we think during the, at the quest during the redneck tour. Yeah. And then we saw them in 2002 in Winnipeg during the Capricornia tour. Yep. Uh, so Queen, very quickly, sure, I, I will very quickly, really quickly say that the Thunder Bay gig was the best of those three. I have more memory of the show in Minneapolis for Redneck than, yeah. so I think it's only fair that I take that one. I'll, You'll take I'll that pass, one. even though, how can you pass on that? I'm going to pass on it. I'm going to take a Redneck at the Quest in Minneapolis. Okay, and then so we, we're both going to skip uh, the Winnipeg show was yep. definitely the lowest to me, yep. the low of the three. Yep. Now here we are, Toronto. I'm going to take the Toronto show. And I will also take the Toronto show. We'll see you after Minneapolis. Yeah, after Minneapolis, we, we might chat again. We might chat again. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this very special episode. Very special. If you want to contact us, please do. There's a contact form on our website as well as show notes. You can find them at darrenfolds.com slash podcasts. Rob and I are both on the Twitter at darrenthefolds and at Robin Harburn. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do that on either iTunes or Google Play Music. Just search for a comfortable place on the couch and click the subscribe button. Thanks for listening.